listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Phenomenology Club. Coronavirus edition. How's everyone faring out there? Where are you from? Where are you? What are you doing? Are you okay? Is everyone okay? I've been um, doing what I always do. Though, I do feel as if this quarantine situation is inspiring me to do some things that I notice other people are doing. Like working their way through things they uh, wanted to be doing but haven't done. Personally, I'm trying to watch some movies that I've never seen that I wanted to see. Um... Can someone say something? I feel like the chat is not doing the thing. I actually watched it right before coronavirus hit, so this doesn't really count. But, you know, um, some of the things I've been doing is trying to watch movies I've never seen, like Ben-Hur, which I watched. Have you guys seen (laughs) Ben-Hur? Ben-Hur is hilarious for many reasons. Oh, okay, good, you're here. Okay, good, I see people. Good, you're here. Um, Have you guys seen (laughs) Ben-Hur? fucking hilarious the funniest part about the movie it's a good movie i guess it's good i like it i have a boner for like uh 1940s 1950s uh biblical epics that's just kind of my thing um the funniest part about ben-hur is that we are able to identify who is jesus christ simply from his wig (laughs) like everyone in that movie it's kind of remarkable like jesus has such distinct hair i guess i never really even thought about how distinct popular incarnations of the jesus characters (laughs) hairstyle is until i saw ben-hur like we literally only know that this character is jesus because of his hair isn't that crazy have you guys seen ben-hur definitely recommend it it's about three hours and change long though so get ready for that we watched it in phenomenology club um there's also this really creepy part because like the thing is like they don't show jesus's face at all and then there's this one scene where like from the angle of the camera in the shot you're supposed to see jesus's face but they like black it out in a way where i think they were trying to make it look like shade but it does not look like shade it looks like some creepy like true crime documentary and they had to conceal jesus's identity for some reason they just put like a black square over this guy's face it's just bizarre But, um, speaking of biblical epics, I'm going to be watching Cecil B. DeMille's Samson and Delilah. Uh, very excited for that, starring Hedy Lamarr and somebody else. Uh, 
watched the Hedy Lamar documentary yesterday. If you guys seen that, definitely recommend it. Very depressing, but you know, I think now's a good time for depressing movies. Also going to be watching Andre Rublev. Excuse my American ass pronunciation. It's a Russian name. Um you guys seen that movie by Tarkovsky it's like the only really famous Tarkovsky film I haven't seen yet so I'm looking forward to it I always want to watch it it looks so up my alley but like you know you're like I'm gonna have to watch this for three hours and I know I'm gonna get depressed but I think that now is probably a perfect time to do that also started reading simulation and simulacra by John Baudrillard trying to do a lot of things what, what about you guys? Are you guys safe? Is everything okay? Someone in our phenomenology club said that um, an earthquake hit today, I think in Salt Lake City. There's stuff going on. Is Jesus, is Jesus coming back? Is this what's going on? The Christians must be going nuts right now. Shit. Good thing I don't talk to them anymore because I don't think I could deal with <laughs> that kind of peripheral anxiety. I'm sure it would rub off on me. They must... They must be going nuts right now. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, I, I feel like in the spirit of coronavirus, I would do something else that's uh, related to coronavirus. Because just like everybody else, I'm worrying a little bit about money and finances right now. So I am exploiting the situation and choosing sensationalized topics that I think will get me more clicks. Because why the fuck not? And, you know, by the way, speaking of doing things that you've been wanting to do while you have some free time, I think that now, personally, would probably be a great time to start a podcast if any of you were thinking about that. I've been noticing I've been getting more clicks than usual the past week or so. I guess because people are just home and they have more time to do this. So, shit. Get that podcast going, guys. Whoever's been thinking about one, go over to anchor.fm and sign up for your free account they put your shit on spotify and stuff just saying i don't know shit but anyway in the spirit of that let's talk about population control because this is something that i see people um people have been posting about on social media because you know social media doesn't like to uh (laughs) they they have to create problems where i mean i think there is a problem i'm not saying that they're fabricating problems where there is none but i think that depending on the platform there's a tendency to latch on to the one with the the heaviest moral implications because social media just loves to fight about morality you know and i've seen this one come up a few times now uh (laughs) annie pearson says they've been thinking about christians yeah dude i would hate to be a christian right now they must really be going through it they're rereading revelations they're putting the da vinci code together fuck i can't stand i could i can't too too much too much stress it's all coming together for them right now you know what i've been thinking about too it's kind of funny um the simulation if this is all a simulation which i for one absolutely do not think it is but you know i know some of my listeners like to go there (laughs) if this is a simulation if this is a simulation then wouldn't that just greatly increase the likelihood of uh jesus and hell also being real i always think about how that's true and also hilarious like Maybe the conspiracy that this is all a simulation. We're all in the Matrix designed by Elon Musk or whoever else. We're all in the fucking Matrix, right? 
that's true. And then we're going to find out that heaven and hell are also real. Because if this is a simulation, why wouldn't heaven and hell also be real? I feel like that would increase the likelihood by, by 100 fucking percent. Because most of us rationalize that it's not real because it makes no fucking sense. But if this is a simulation, that anything goes, right? And so maybe hell is real and waiting for me. And I can't fucking wait. That means Aristotle's down there. I'm definitely going to crack a cold one open with him, Nietzsche. They're my uh, kickball team in hell. I'm already putting this together because I'm sure that they play kickball in hell. Why the fuck wouldn't they, right? Hi, Caitlin Moss. How are you doing? Is everyone safe? Does anyone have coronavirus? I have a cough that's kind of happened inexplicably over the past week, and I have been feeling shitty. Um... But this is also the only time of the year ever that I ever sometimes experience some sort of sickness. So it's sort of hard to tell if I should like be worried more than usual. But, you know, I've got a lot of food here. I'm trying to just not expose myself to anybody. I'm not worried about my own self because I'm a young little fucking whippersnapper. I'm sure I'll be fine, but we got to look out for our neighbors, you know. And I'm also worried about Steven because I heard that Steven is my pet bunny. And I heard that rodents can catch the disease. And Steven technically is a rodent, I believe. Does anyone know anything more about this? I'm very worried about Steven. That's all I care about right now. Steven! Steven's doing good, though. He is the king of social distancing. Let me... Let me just say that. He's been under that bureau all day long, staring at the wall. Does anyone else have a pet bunny? My pet bunny just, like, st he's got this thing. Sometimes he'll be facing outward into the room, but I would say at least for 50% of the time he spends under the bureau, he's facing the wall. And my theory is that he's facing the wall because, you know, bunnies in nature burrow holes into the earth and they live in these fucking tunnel systems right so i imagine that you know you burrow a tunnel and then at the end of it they probably face forward right they face downward at the end of the tunnel so they probably in nature in these little burrows that they make for themselves are used to like sitting with a with an obstacle right in front of them right right doesn't it fucking make sense it's really interesting observing a, a bunny in an apartment because I feel like you can observe what kind of behaviors come to him by way of, like, nature, bruh. Like, we got whenever we get a Christmas tree, not every year, actually. I think it might have something to do with the actual tree itself, what kind of specific genus of tree it is or whatever. But this past year, we got a Christmas tree, and Steven just fucking loved it. He couldn't get enough. He was just going under the tree, flopping the fuck over. He was, like, in heaven. Like, he was high off of this fucking pine tree. And he's a Netherlands dwarf, so, you know, they clearly got a lot of pine trees over in the Netherlands. I imagine that, like, something within him, something inexplicable, is just creating euphoria for him. This little fucking bunny that doesn't get to experience pine trees on the regular. God, so many thoughts, so many things to think about. Anyway, population control, let's talk about it. The reason that I'm thinking about it, uh, and, well, like I said, I'm trying to exploit the reality of everything. I know that this is a hot topic right now. And it's a hot topic right now because apparently a few people are starting to show their true fucking colors and put out ideas into the world, such as, who cares if we knock off a few hundred thousand people or whatever, um, you know, because... 
for one, that's natural, right? It's it's nature correcting itself, and maybe it'll be a good thing because we're overpopulated, right? Um, these are the kinds of takes that I'm starting to see people put forward. I mean, I'm not really starting to see anybody put them forward, but I'm starting to see people respond to them. I don't know where the origin of these takes are, but, you know, I'm sure they exist in abundance somewhere on Richard Dawkins' uh, timeline. <laughs> I assume Richard Dawkins types are going in on these kinds of takes right now, you know, because they're so hard and scientific and love to confront us with these harsh scientific truths that the rest of us are just too pussy to say, right? But we're all thinking them, right? But, you know, um, it's, it's no secret that questions of overpopulation itself and population control are controversial for very good reasons you know for one uh we all know that a lot of people think that the very idea that we are in some sort of a population crisis is in and of itself racist you know because the because to say that there is a problem in our population numbers you know this kind of spawns from the reality that we're in the midst of a resource crisis, right? We're just kind of seeing the beginnings of it. And hopefully coronavirus will be illustrative for us in a certain way, you know, because as we can see now, we're like at the brink of something, or at least it feels that way, right? With the virus, we feel like even though things are already kind of crazy, we're all quarantined from jobs that we've been forced to go to every day for years now. And all of a sudden now they're telling me not to go. And we can project that pretty soon, I think they're saying the next two weeks, like we might start to look like Italy has been looking for the past week or two, you know, which is kind of scary. And I imagine that our resource crisis is going to look something similar, you know, the ramp up I'm sure will be slower, but, you know the similar sort of circumstances we all know that we're about to be in a resource crisis and we all just kind of talk about it but no one's really doing anything so that's kind of uh interesting and i i imagine some of us those of us who live long enough will probably start to see shit hitting the fan at least a little bit but you know uh the people who follow from us i think will face the the harshest consequences of that so that's really fucking sad and treacherous. But, you know, there's a reason that people say that the the very idea that we are in a population crisis at all is racist. And I think that that's a totally reasonable criticism, right? I mean, because, because for one, there are enough resources to go around as it stands, but we don't really hold our most wealthiest people in the world not just in our nation but across the world we don't really hold these entities that are actually responsible for most of the earth's pollution and hogging resources and all of this we don't hold them accountable so it seems like whether or not there is a population crisis it's totally possible that there is one you know but but it seems way too premature to even be talking about such things when we already know that people are doing things like polluting in excess you know when we're still so dependent on fossil fuels when we really don't need to be you know all these sorts of things it's like well maybe we wouldn't be in a resource crisis or a climate crisis if we just held these entities accountable and also held ourselves accountable my brothers my sisters because we don't do enough of that either let's just be real you know 
I've seen it passed around a lot that we all say, like, um, you know, what, stop, stop talking about us. Only talk about the people who are doing this or that, you know. But I think that we can all be held accountable. I think specifically of things like wasting water, you know. Um, and also just our use of electricity. Like, there is no reason, in my opinion, that we need 24-hour access to electricity. At least those of us who don't use things like ventilators and stuff, you know. Why is it that I have 24-hour, around-the-clock access to electricity when I also know that, you know, electricity is... Uh, generated using a lot of uh, these sorts of things that are creating our climate crisis, you know. I also don't think that we need 24-hour access to water in America, you know. That we should learn to be more, we should adopt lifestyles, I think through force, because I don't, I think, and this, I think this crisis is a, a good example of that. If you don't force people to do it, they're not going to, you know. So I personally think that we would, it would not be a, a vain effort to campaign together for things like how, you know, I think states should do things like maybe mandate uh, the distribution of resources. But of course it's tricky too, you know, because we live in such a corrupt capitalist fucking society of course it's difficult i don't really want to hand over the keys to the fucking power plant uh to new jersey though i very much trust new jersey i trust new jersey with my life you know but i don't really want to hand over the big keys to the government while the government is still so corrupt so i understand the hesitation there too but personally personally you know i think that we also just we waste so much so much we don't need nearly as much food as we always have access to, you know. We don't need as much electricity. We don't need as much water, yada, yada. But anyway, you know, uh, population control. <laughs> so people are saying, too, amidst this coronavirus uh, thing, thing, this little thing happening called coronavirus, people are also saying that um, they think it's a conspiracy uh, for population control. And... I just find this to be absolutely absurd um, because what what are even the worst projections of uh, the fatality for this unfortunate event, the coronavirus? What what are the, the highest numbers I've seen, I think, was like 5 million or something. I mean, if you think that 5 million people dead could put a dent in the world's population, then you need a fucking calculator, okay? Let me tell you this. But speaking of math and statistics and using them, I think, too, that um, this is where I'll drop uh, something that someone might might call controversial. I don't it's not controversial. Though. I think that the idea that we have too many people is actually really not something that we should totally avoid conversationally. I think that it's actually something that we should be thinking about personally, because to talk about our human population for one second um, there's, what, 7 billion people in the world right now, you know, we're always going on and on about mass extinction events and stuff, and oh my god, the world's gonna end, nuclear warfare, yada, 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 literally, like, no, you're an idiot, 90% <laughs> of the population, if it, if it destroyed itself overnight, from, I don't know, whatever, nuclear warfare, which is impossible. You could set off every nuclear bomb in the world right now, and I don't think you would even kill 90% of the Earth's population. Uh, 
not even close, but let's just say you could. You kill 90% of the Earth's population overnight. You know how many people are still going to be left? You know? Anybody? Anybody? 700 million people. <laughs> like, we are so massive as a species. There's a reason besides the obvious ones like our greed and corruption and our general flagrance and lack of caring about literally fucking anything except making money uh there there is so many of us and it's crazy because this boom in our population has really mostly happened in the past century you know uh in the past century alone our population has increased over 700 percent you know that's pretty fucking crazy. So while it's undeniably true that the main problem is industrialization, it's also true that I think that these things are coupled. The fact that industrialization is creating all of this uh, climate crisis and such, but also an industrialized society is also creating in excess and in abundance for a population that has increased 700% in 100 years alone. I mean, it's fucking nuts. I would say that both of these things in tandem with each other are problems, you know. But but it's still important to think about why specifically people uh don't people don't want to have this conversation at least without uh extreme caution because it's also true that, you know, our most, uh, I don't even know, there's there's not even good language here to speak about these things, but what people would call underdeveloped, which it's just, it's shitty, forget it. But basically, our, the people having the most children and stuff right now are coming out of Africa and other nations that historically have been shafted by the rest of the fucking world, you know, that's no fucking secret. Um... So, of course, you don't want to identify a continent like Africa as the problem. When for one, too, I mean, they're not so heavily industrialized. They're not the ones that are polluting the fucking place to fucking shit and stuff. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, too, me being the ever, ever uh, persistent feminist, too, I would like to say that I think that this conversation is also crucially lacking feminist analysis, too, because people like to just say what I just said and be like okay case closed you know don't be racist don't talk about you know how it, it doesn't matter that this population boom is happening because so many of these people are coming from Africa and other places that historically have been fucking shafted and exploited by the western world so shut the fuck up you know especially since they're not the ones that are so heavily industrialized at the same time I mean I think that the fact that so many women have there, or you see so many women with so many more children per women in places like Africa is because the women of Africa are, are really not given access to reproductive care, which I think they absolutely need, you know. If you want to keep women economic, economically disadvantaged as a class of people, if you want to keep women in poverty and you want to keep women from being liberated, then, of course, the first thing you're going to do is deny them access to reproductive health care, deny them access to birth control, deny them access to abortion, you know. So it's not a coincidence, I think. It doesn't represent some sort of just cultural disparity, which is where a lot of people want to end the conversation. Like, oh, people in Africa just love having more children. That's not true at all. I think what's much more true is that the women in Africa are neglected 
by us and also by their own governments, you know, they're not being given the kind of access to reproductive health care that they so crucially deserve because I think every woman, woman deserves this, you know. Nobody should be forced to have children if they don't want or can't, uh, you know, afford them. Or if that greatly inhibits uh, your own livelihood. So, fuck. That's something that I think is uh, crucially under-talked under about. But also, um, when it comes to a question, too, of population control, overpopulation, I think, too, another angle that we don't really consider together often is just the question of efficacy and how much more difficult it is to get things done when the herd of people trying to accomplish a single goal is so much larger, don't you think? I mean, have you ever tried to lead a group of people to do anything? Uh, it's undeniable that the larger this group of people is that you're trying to organize towards some specific end goal, the larger this group of people is, exponentially, the more difficult it will be to achieve this goal, you know? So I personally am interested in conversations about population, too, from the perspective of just understanding that the more people we have, the more difficult I think it is to accomplish anything. I think America, the United States of America, is like the prime example of this. I think one of the reasons that it's so hard to mobilize us towards anything is because we're just so fucking massive we're fucking huge i don't think countries should be this fucking big because i mean look at us we can't get shit done and we have all of these different groups of people with such different opinions about things you know and we can never come together to do anything and the larger we get the more massive we got you know i think that that because the sheer amount of our population is just so large, then clearly you have to um, you have to give more power to the ruling authorities so that they can enforce order. Because the more people there are, the harder it is to uh, instill order, law and order. You know, if you have so many people, then you're just going to just give away more and more power to the ruling authorities, and then we have less power as individuals and as groups of people that, you know, we find ourselves in an increasingly authoritarian set of conditions. I mean, the same is also true for China, wouldn't you say? I mean, they're, I think China and America are very analogous in many ways, you know. The sheer size of both of our nations and what kinds of uh, authoritarian abuses we have seen enacted by both of our individual governments, you know, I think that the, the extent to which you are able to abuse authority and to make the ruling power so much more powerful than the citizens themselves, you know, the reason that you're able to have these incredible power disparities has much to do with the very size of us, right? What do you guys think, huh? Huh? Say something. Either way, like I said, this title <laughs> was just to get coronavirus people to click it. As far as controlling our population with disease goes, um, fuck that. Like I said, even the worst fatality rate that could come from this would not make a fucking dent 
in our population. And even if it did, that is not the fucking solution, (laughs) okay? If I'm saying right now that it could be possible that we would be uh, a society that could easily mobilize towards specific goals um, if we were smaller, that doesn't mean that we should kill people who already exist. (laughs) Absolutely not. Especially since we know what... uh, this will result in where you know people who have the most access to wealth and to resources and to all these things they're going to be the ones to survive some catastrophic event catastrophic event like a pandemic which we are in the midst of you know so fuck that shit bitch i'm poor as fuck okay i'm not about to die in here no maybe i will fuck i do have a cough but um We can't kill people, guys. That's fucked up. (laughs) So that's not what I'm arguing for. But if I had to come up with some sort of a solution, if I were to say, if if somebody asked me, do we have uh do we have too many people in the world? Or at least do you think that we would be benefited by having less people in the world? I think I would have to concede that yes. I think that we would be better managed uh by having smaller populations. Um so what I would do is do things like create incentives for people to have less children. And for one, two, you know, being the ardent feminist that I am, I would incentivize this for women because I think it would be kind of like killing two birds with one stone, you know. Let's lift women up out of economic depression and let's let women become more liberated as a class of people. I would start arguing for things like, you know, creating universal mandates for for women in every country. Women in every country have to have unrestricted access to reproductive health care. That would be that would be my first motherfucking agenda. I'm president of the world right now. Um. And then I would also, you know, uh, try to do things like give care packages to women, not to couples, to women. Like, you want to not have a kid? I'll give you $1,000. You have no kids for your whole fucking life? You get 500000 fucking dollars right fucking now. How about that? So that's my solution, because I'm a solutions bitch. That's what I have to say. Um, I just had to refresh. Anyway, not seeing a lot of feedback in here. That's fine. That's fine. Keeping it short. Keeping it simple. I don't know what you guys are doing. Butchers for president. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Butchers for president of Pangea 3000. The new world order, motherfuckers. I feel like, um, feeling right now a little bit like the, uh, Woody Harrelson character in that movie 2012, which I just watched. Did you, have you guys seen 2012 with John Cusack and Woody Harrelson? Terrible movie. Fucking terrible. I love it. I love it. I just watched it. I'm trying to watch uh, a bunch of end of the world type movies because why not? We're in the spirit of that right now. So let's do it. Um, You know, I was actually watching it and thinking that if that movie came out now, maybe some of the CGI, even though I fucking hate CGI, I think that they could have made it, it could be kind of cool, because, like, these shots where, like, the world is just, the Earth's crust is just fucking cracking and breaking into itself and turning into a fucking ocean, um... I thought that if you used some more modern techniques, that that could be cool. Did you guys see Detective Pikachu? 
<laughs> Detective Pikachu, great fucking film. And there's that one part, spoiler alert, it doesn't fucking matter. There's this one part they're like on a mountain and it turns out to be like a Pokemon, like a turtle Pokemon or whatever the fuck that was. I don't know Pokemon because I'm not a fucking nerd. But uh, the effects that they used during that scene, I thought were super trippy. I mean, maybe it's because I was on acid, but <laughs> but I really did think that they were pretty fucking trippy and they looked pretty good. If they used the effects like that for 2012, I think that that could be really cool. Just saying, just saying, um, but it's a terrible movie. But that movie is interesting partially for uh some of the things i'm talking about right now because you know the whole conflict in that movie is that the super wealthy people um in knowing about this event which honestly this doesn't make sense at all because they really only knew about this event for like a week before it fucking happened and they somehow managed to create these colossal motherfucking arcs uh that are going to allow them to survive once the world becomes Waterworld. Wow, I just watched Waterworld 2 and I just realized 2012 is kind of the prequel to Waterworld. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow. Maybe not though, actually, because in Waterworld, the reason that the water takes over the world is because the polar ice caps melt and that's not what happens in 2012. I mean, I'm sure the ice caps melt in 2012, but that's not really what happens. God, so much stuff going on. Anyway, thanks for listening. Everybody join the Phenomenology Club Discord if you get a chance via Patreon. It's only $1. Um, I hope that you uh, do that. It's how I'm going to survive in coronavirus. <laughs> um, and we're going to watch some movies. I think, I'll, uh, I think I'm going to go get get back to some stuff i should be doing i hope you're all staying productive uh learn a new software learn a new language this is a great time if you have some time by yourself speaking as someone who always has time to myself an abundance of time to myself i will tell you that the best way to spend this time is definitely by getting some new habits going learn a fucking software learn a fucking language get into reading do some fucking stuff be productive the more you sit and wallow and read social media or read this or that you know the more you will waste away don't waste away we need you here give it a thumbs up if you feel like it i don't give a fuck time to go watch some thomas the tank engine bitch i love you all talk to you later goodbye